Hello and welcome to the Olive Tree Podcast, hosted by When Wisdom Calls. We hope and pray this episode gives you insight and uplifts your spirit. So without further ado, let's get straight into it. Ooh, shangom, shangom. We shall see if this is going to work. (laughs) So I've been really moved by some things that Yeshua has been teaching me over the past few days and... Also, move to tears as well, both together. And so there's, there's a very important point that I need, to, I need to bring up, I need to be faithful to this. And so we've, I, I, there's something I've consistently heard when I've listened to preachers throughout my, my life, both Jew and, well actually more Gentile than Jew, but anyway, where people have said we can't actually trust this history. So, for instance, when they're on stage and they're, they're preaching on, or they're teaching a class, whatever, whatever, and they go, well, this is outside of the Bible, so we, can't, we don't know how trustworthy this history is. However, this is what historians say. And I've always found that a very perplexing and a very arrogant thing to say. Because in the next breath, they will be, in the next Sunday or next Saturday, next Shabbat, whatever, you want to say, they will then say or, or start to talk about the his, history around World War One, World War Two, from platform, you know, and so, but that's not in the Bible. So how can that be accurate history? And and it's always perplexed me the fact that we treat history with such disdain, even though our books are actually quite historic. They're, they're thousands of years old. A lot of it, uh, with a lot of the history being pre-flood, you know. And if all these history books that people are going, but I don't know if this is accurate, because it's not in the Bible. However, this is, it seems to line up with the Bible. Like the arrogance of that is perplexing. And the reason I say that is because if we look at some of the early church fathers, specifically, so after the death of Paul, Barnabas writes an epistle or two, and he actually, they make a very phenomenal statement to me in relation to sharing or teaching about Adonai to people who don't yet believe whether Jew or Gentile. And they say three things. So to know, to, to, to outwork effective teaching of the good news, you need first the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit. And then with the Spirit of Adonai, He will teach you two things, and that's all you need. He will teach you true history. And it will teach you prophecy and how to understand prophecy. And so there's various records throughout early church history of people, whether new converts or, or apostles or prophets or whatever, walking into a town and the Spirit starts to teach them and talk to them about the history of the town. And even then breaking down even further where the history and the myth actually fit and where history became myth. And even started to break down their own pagan prophecies and reveal to them where it's false, where it is true, and then start to break down prophecies that Adonai actually spoke to those people. And so that's what the apostles taught. If you want to effectively teach or speak anything of the God of all the ages, you need His Spirit, and His Spirit will lead you to understanding the truth of history and understanding the truth of prophecy. And we know the importance of understanding the truth of prophecy because the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Adonai. 
But we also need to understand the truth of history. Because the biggest thing the accuser will ever do to us is actually convolute our history. Shalom. And the, the biggest thing the accusers have ever spoken throughout the ages is, oh, but you can't be sure that is truth. Like, we, we don't have the history. We don't know. And the only church and the, and, and the scrolls of the temple all say that saying about the word of Adonai, I don't know or we can't be sure, is actually the phraseology that leads you to blaspheming the spirit. So that's very dangerous territory the accuser is actually taking us to. And so Yeshua has been speaking to me quite a lot about things that are to happen. And every time we forsake history and we stop learning the things of his word, in relation to prophecy, the spirit of prophecy being his testimony, then where the reason the wicked things happen. Because the people who should know better are sitting back in silence and doing nothing. And so if, that, if that's the evidence that you don't trust the spirit of God, then do you actually trust God at all? If you can't trust what you're, what you're hearing from Gong Emet, the, the voice of truth, or Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, then do you trust Him at all? And if the roles were reversed, if you spent years with a person you loved just to find out that you, they don't trust you as much, would you not become angry? So now let's put it back on His feet. Do you think that it's honoring to the person we profess to love to say to him, but we can't trust your testimony? Like, like honestly, we've got... People will say this about this all the time, although we trust this, we trust that. But if you don't trust the history that actually professes to this, do you actually trust this at all? And this here is called the Sefer Britot, the Book of the Covenants. There was a whole other library in the temple, which was called the Megillot Chachamim, the, the Scrolls of the Wise. And that had history in it, that had prophecies in it, that weren't permitted to be put in this because it didn't have much to do about teaching you how to live in the covenant. However, it taught you how to know your God better. This is the foundation. The epistles even say this. This book here, the books of the covenant, is the foundation for every believer. Whether born into it, whether raised into it, or whether, you know, repenting to it. It doesn't matter. This here is the foundation. It's the book of the covenant. This is where you learn to be loyal to God. But then you have these other books that were in the temple that had history, prophecies, and even instructions from teachers and instruction from fathers that were good for your learning anyway, to quote Peter and Paul. And the fact that Yeshua quotes from many of these in this book shows that they were trustworthy. And the fact that they survived in the tutelage of the priesthood, if they were false books, they would be burnt on the altar. The fact that they were not burnt on the altar shows that they were true. And Yeshua himself says, if you study the texts, we, for whatever reason, translate that to be this. But this here is called Torah, not the texts. The texts is an idiom meaning the prophecies. And so if you studied the prophecies, you would know the times and the seasons, the hours of the visitation. And the fact that we don't know is the very reason why the wickedness is actually coming back to the world. For lack of better words, on steroids. And so if that's the reason, because we're slow, or because we're proud, 
in our religiosity, that actually means that we're the brood of vipers. Because the brood of viper comment, that the idiom actually means you're the reason sin exists in the world today. And so if sin is expounding and abounding more fervently because of our lack of prayer and our lack of understanding and our lack of action, then we are the brood of vipers. Because we don't trust the Spirit. If we trusted the Spirit, we would know these things and we would be working our freckles off to make sure it doesn't expound further. But people would argue, but prophecy says these are to happen. Yes! But prophecy says it, the reason it's happening is because the people who should be praying do nothing. So it is to happen, but it's evidence that we're actually negating the trust of our God instead of being loyal to Him in the way that He wants us to be loyal to Him. And so if you don't believe where the brood of vipers today, but sin is expounding in your area, you're seeing paganism return, you're seeing homosexuality and even the changing of your skin, aka what we now call transgenderism, and things of that sort expounding even further, and you're doing nothing to stop it, in fear of being called a bigot, then we're a brood of vipers. Because we're the reason sin is expounding. Not a comfortable thing, I know. But we have to start actually acting. If we love our God, then we will be able to attest the history. Why? Because He's been there since the beginning. Which is why we call Him Melech Olam, The King of the Ages, the King of the Universe, the King of Forever. And if He's the King of Forever, which means He's been there forever, He's been there since the beginning, then history actually means something to Him. And if we look at history, we can see him all throughout it. But if we don't learn the history of things, then we're not trusting the Spirit. Because it's by the Spirit we will know true history, and we will know the meanings of prophecy. And that's what the early church taught. So by the end of discipleship, by the end of the three-year apprenticeship that every believer came into, you were expected to know the Spirit, understand history, and understand prophecy. And if you didn't, well, then you needed to learn more. You were, not a, you were still a disciple, but you were not a scholarly one. You were not a learned one. You didn't walk in the power of the Spirit. And so we have to reflect on ourselves. Do we know history? Do we know prophecies? Do we understand? Because if we don't, then we actually don't know the Spirit as well as we wish we did. And we have to humble ourselves. Because the events that's happening around us is because of our inaction. And our inaction is because we don't know Him as long as we do on a Sunday, or as long as we think we do. We think too highly of ourselves, and we lack repentance and humility. So I want people to chew on this for a while. Because we will see. <laughs> if we studied the history, we would know exactly how the anti-Messiah is going to come, and how he's going to deceive. Because nothing new is under the sun. And it's true. You look at the pre-flood world, you look at the post-flood world just around the time that the flood has ended, even a thousand years under, after the flood, and there was no difference in evil. Canaan, Nimrod brought the evils back from the pre-flood world. Same with Mitraim, also known as Egypt. And we've forgotten it, it's been a few thousand years. But because we've forgotten it and we're not moved by the Spirit, it's coming back 
on our watch. And it's not going to be too different at all than what we saw back then. So if you want to know what is coming, seek the Spirit, let Him talk to you about history, let Him explain His own testimony to you, run with it. Be moved. Recognize what's happening. And then you will be able to see what to pray into. Let's stop treating our God with the happenstance that we've been treating Him with. Oh, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Which is very good, but there's many people that, that don't actually honor Him in that. And they profess their doubts and their lack of trust in Him in that prayer. So if you're praying those prayers in fervor and in love, keep going. This isn't for you. But if you're the ones that are waking up on the day and professing your prayers to squash your doubts, you have a lot to learn. And the first thing you need to learn is how to repent. So repent before Him. Don't just say sorry and leave it. Move beyond the altar. Sit at His feet and say, Spirit, I'm not moving from here until you speak with me. And when you speak with me, teach me how to stay here even when I'm going into my day so that I am able to become a friend of yours. This is what we see the patriarchs doing. We see Abraham doing this, Isaac doing this, Jacob doing this. We read of the twelve sons doing the same thing. Then we see the sons of Levi doing the same thing. We read about the pre-flood patriarchs doing the same thing. So if we want to be honoring of our God, that is the thing we do. I'm not moving from here, Adonai, until I hear from you. And when I hear from you, let me now stay here as I go and do the things of my life. But teach me, do things with me. I'm in covenant with you. This is how we are to live. And that is the evidence that we live in total surrender to the one true God. So think on this. Senga. So Adonai, Spirit lead us. As we sing in so many songs that we don't recognize as prayers. Many people pray that, sing this song to you, not even recognizing that it's a cry. <laughs> cry of their hearts. So so that it clicks in. Honor the words that we have prayed when we have said, Spirit lead us where my trusts are with our borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. May this be so here today, B'Shem Yeshua. Amen. Selah. Shalom to you. Thank you for listening to the Olive Tree Podcast. Your support means the world to us, so we're thankful that you joined us today. We are grateful to be able to provide this resource and many others to you for free. That being said, if you feel called to support our ministry, you can do so by heading over to whenwisdomcalls.com and click on the Give tab. Want to know more about what we do and how you can get involved? Well, you can check out our website for more details, whenwisdomcalls.com. Thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you next time.